Once Was Lost podcast, a companion podcast to the OWL Once Was Lost phone application for missing persons. First, I want to thank our new Patreon supporters who have decided to help out the cause, downloading the OWL Once Was Lost phone app for both iOS and Android, as well as subscribing to the podcast. Both of these links are also in our show notes. The purpose of this episode is to give a just a much more simple dive into the Ramsey case. The previous four episodes are filled with small details for those that enjoy that kind of information. For those not familiar with the case, you're going to find that this is a much, much more refreshing version. Even I found the longer version filled with many friends of the family, as well as business partners, a lot of the detectives, so just a lot that you had to, to follow there. And of course, you've got family of the business partners as well, Mr. Ramsey, and it, it was just a bit tedious, but it is a complicated case. So please enjoy this shortened version of the John Benet Ramsey case. Please hit the five stars for us if you haven't done that yet, if you indeed enjoyed uh, the episodes, and especially us going this extra mile to give you the more simplified version of exactly what happened in this case and uh, along obviously with a couple of theories. And who knows, maybe one of you has a theory or knows even what happened. And you can always reach us at the once was lost podcast at gmail.com. So let's just get right into the case. If you've even so much as looked at a U.S. weekly in the grocery store checkout counter in the last 25 years or more, you probably know who John Benet Ramsey is. The six-year-old beauty queen's mysterious murder has been tabloid fodder for as long as millennials can remember. But beyond the made-up glamour shots and the basic details, how much do you really know about the case of John Benet? Because it is probably weirder than you ever imagined. John Benet Ramsey was a six-year-old beauty queen. Six-year-old John Benet lived with her family in Boulder, Colorado. Her mother, Patsy, her father, John, and her older brother, Burke, who was nine at the time of the murder. On Christmas night, 1996, the Ramseys hosted a party at their house in Boulder, Colorado. The Ramseys put John Benet to bed at around 9 p.m. The next morning at 5 a.m., Patsy Ramsey woke to find a three-page ransom note on the stairs. The note claimed that someone had kidnapped John Benet. Of course, the police were called. John Benet was missing, and according to the ransom note, her parents would need to pay $118,000 for her safe return. It's just a very strange amount. It just Why does it have to be $118,000 exactly? The note stated that the kidnappers were going to call between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. with instructions for how to drop off the money. Whoever wrote the ransom note, though, never did call. The family and the cops waited, but no call came. Sometime after the ransom call window, the cops asked the Ramseys to check the house again for anything that was missing or out of place that they could use as evidence. John was the one that actually discovered John Benet during this search. John and a friend immediately went to investigate the basement after the cops asked them to scan the house. A few minutes later, John came up the stairs carrying the body of John Benet. He had found her in a back room in the basement. John Benet had died from both blunt force trauma and also strangulation. Her body also showed signs of sexual abuse. The Ramsey's murder had a lot of really weird elements to it, so we're going to find out what the rest of those are. While there are a lot of theories, the case still hasn't been solved. Many people suspect that the Ramseys themselves killed their daughter. 
Others think that a sexual predator broke into the Ramsey's home and killed John Bonet. But there are definitely a lot of other weird details about the case that nobody can explain. The ransom note wasn't even typical of a ransom note. According to the police, the ransom note the Ramseys found was very unusual. First of all, it was only three pages long, or we could say it was three pages long, that it was a very long note. That's really, really long for a ransom note compared to most others. So what more do you really need to say besides we have your daughter and you know how much money do we want? Apparently a lot. So there was a lot of other additional details there spread out over those three pages. The ransom note was incredibly chatty going on for those three pages about who the kidnappers were, what they were going to do with John Benet, and other strange superfluous information. The note asked for exactly $118,000, as I mentioned earlier, for John Benet's safe return, which was a significant number to John Ramsey. $118,000 sounds pretty random. Why not ask for a nice round $200,000? But this number may have been precise for a reason. It was almost the exact same amount of money John Ramsey had received as a Christmas bonus earlier in the month, which could mean one of two things. Either the kidnappers knew John had received this amount of money as a bonus and that he would have it, or John wrote the note himself trying to make it appear that someone who knew his bonus amount was the kidnapper. The note also used very strange language. The long ransom note claimed to be from a very small foreign faction. What exactly is a small foreign faction, right? Nobody is quite sure. It also claimed that the kidnappers would behead John Benet if the money wasn't given to them in a brown paper bag after what they described would be an exhausting delivery for John. It ended with a strange sign-off of victory. It is an all-around weird note because of its strange language and weird demands. Some people think the note was fake. But the weirdest thing about the note is on the next page. It came from inside the house. The police were able to determine that the note was written on paper that came from the Ramsey's house itself, which means if there really was a kidnapper, they would have had the idea to break into the house, kidnap John Benet, and handwrite a three-page long ransom note all while the family slept. It seems a little risky to come to a kidnapping without a note prepared. Why would the kidnapper take the time to write three entire pages and risk getting caught? The weirdest part of the kidnapping was that there was no kidnapping. John Benet was discovered in the basement after several hours. Apparently, the police hadn't searched the house thoroughly enough to discover her body until hours after they were called. In the basement where John Benet was found, there was a broken window and a footprint on a suitcase underneath that window. It's possible if there was an intruder, this is how they got in. However, there were no footprints in the fresh snow outside the Ramsey's house, and there was a spider web across the window that was undisturbed. If someone had broken in through that window, the spider web likely would have been broken. John Ramsey claimed that he accidentally broke this window before the murder. But where did the footprint come from? Was it a badly done setup by John to make it appear that someone had broken in? Did somebody really break in through the window or was it all just coincidence? And a weird thing about that suitcase, the Ramseys claimed that it wasn't theirs and they didn't know how it got into the basement. The suitcase was examined by police and it was found to contain semen-encrusted blanket and a Dr. Seuss book. But that's not the weirdest part. The semen belonged to another family member, John's oldest son from a previous marriage. He didn't live with the Ramseys, though, but the police were able to to prove he wasn't in Boulder at the time of the murder. But a lot of people think differently 
about this and that a different family member was responsible. So let's find out. Some people believe that Burke, the son, actually killed John Bonet by accident and his parents helped cover it up. But there are some flaws to this theory. The theory is that Burke had killed his sister by accident, perhaps by accident, hitting her over the head with something heavy or hitting her in anger. And then his parents wrote the note and tied John Benet up in the basement to make it look like a kidnapping. But John Benet died of both blunt force trauma to her head and strangulation. She was found tied up with a cord around her neck, and it was shown through autopsy that she was still alive when this was happened, when she was actually strangled. If Burke had accidentally killed his sister, why would she have been both beaten and strangled? John Benet also had pineapple in her stomach. The autopsy revealed that John Benet had chunks of pineapple in her stomach when she died. In Ramsey's kitchen, a bowl of pineapple with Burke's fingerprints on it was discovered. What does this mean? Some people think it's possible that an argument over the pineapple caused Burke to actually attack John Benet. Burke had displayed disturbing behavior in the past before. So there are rumors which Burke denies that Burke had smeared feces on the walls of his sister's room and in her bed. It's possible that John Benet was being sexually abused. She was found with a drop of blood in her underwear and some signs that she may have suffered sexual abuse in the past. Her mother had taken her to the doctor for a vaginal irritation in the past, but claimed it was from a bubble bath. Her body showed a strange marking that looked like it could have been from a stun gun as well. On her back, John Benet had two small dots that looked like they could have come exactly from how a stun gun would be used on a person. So the 911 call was also very suspicious. The Ramseys were cleared of the crime by DNA evidence, but the crime scene was completely contaminated, so it's hard to make any real conclusions out of this. There was DNA found on John Benet's underwear that couldn't be matched to anyone in the family as well, but it also couldn't be matched to anyone in the police database. So who is this DNA from? It's not clear. A DNA specialist argued that it could have come from the factory where the underwear was made, though I'd find that to be highly improbable. Besides the mysterious DNA, the crime scene was completely contaminated since the Ramses and their friends were in the house all day before the body was found. And according to the investigator, the Ramses acted very strangely all day. While they waited for the phone call from the kidnappers before they found the body, John Bonet's parents barely stayed in the same room with each other. They also didn't even mention that the kidnappers never called. The police and the family waited for hours for the kidnappers to call between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. as indicated by the note, but nobody did. According to the investigator on the scene, nobody mentioned that the window had passed, which she found odd. The 9-11 call had some very strange elements to it. When Patsy called 911 to report her daughter missing, she used some pretty strange language. She said, we have a kidnapping, when she explains why she is calling. This type of passive language, we have a kidnapping, versus my daughter has been kidnapped, has been linked to lying. Patsy also didn't even mention John Bonet until a few sentences into the 911 call. She talked about the kidnapping and the note, but not that her daughter had, was gone at all. This doesn't necessarily mean anything, but you would think that the first thing you would tell the 9-11 operator if you woke up to find your six-year-old daughter missing was that your six-year-old daughter was missing. That's what you would say. Patsy actually even hung up on the 911 call. Patsy was the one who ended that call. This is not typical. Usually people stay on the line 
with 911 until police get there or until they know for sure that the police are going to get there soon. Patsy didn't wait long on the line to get additional details or to hear if the police were on their way. She hung up so abruptly, the 911 operator asked if she was still there. But who else besides the family could have killed her? So, although many people suspect the Ramses, a few other suspects in the case have been considered. Unsurprisingly, none of them seem to fit from whatever small foreign faction is. I mean, what is a small foreign faction? One uh, suspect, I'm sorry, was a man who dressed as Santa Claus and asked his wife to mix his ashes with a vial of glitter from John Bonet, which had been given to him when he died. I find that to be very strange, obviously. John Bonet knew this guy, Bill McReynolds, from Christmas parties, where he often dressed up as Santa. She had given him a glass jar of jitter one, uh, glitter one year, which he took with him into heart surgery and asked to be mixed with his ashes. But beyond this creepy behavior towards John Bonet, there isn't a ton of evidence that he could have killed her. He is now deceased, and no word of his cremation or the glittery substance has been talked about since. A known sex offender claimed to have hurt a little girl the night of John Bonet's murder. Gary Oliva, Olivia, I'm sorry, was the sex offender who lived near John Bonet. He called a friend the night of the murder upset, claiming he had hurt a small girl. Strangely, he also was found with the same stun gun marks on his body that John Bonet had. That is strange. A school teacher actually confessed to the murder as well, but was later found to be lying. Find those cases so strange, but they happen quite often of people admitting to, to murder cases. It happens much more often than people think. The school teacher named John Mark Carr reached out to a professor who was making a documentary about John Binet and told him that he was the one who had killed her after sexually abusing her. But police were able to prove that Carr wasn't even in Boulder at the time of her murder and just wanted the fame, which is truly disgusting. Some people think that Katy Perry is John Binet Ramsey, which is even stranger. This one is kind of silly, though. There are rumors on the internet that Katy Perry is actually a grown-up John Binet and that the murder never happened. This basically makes no sense because why would you fake a murder only to then have your daughter reappear as an international superstar 10 years later? Also, Katy Perry is 10 years older than John Binet. So anyways, we're going to leave that at that. So that ends it. I hope that was just a much simpler version for everybody just to go through and here the different suspects. And it, you know, if you ask me, the Ramses acted extremely suspicious through this entire matter. And uh, the son also Burke, where they had found some of his uh, you know, DNA, and he had also showed other signs of acting strangely at that time. That uh, you know, allegedly he is the one that most people think uh had some kind of problem with his little sister and probably accidentally uh hurt her. But as far as the sexual abuse, again, you know, that could come from anywhere. You know, these little girls that are going to these these pageants, I don't want to say anything bad. I'm sure a lot of them are very uh, innocent. But again, these ages are so young. I don't even know what to say about it, to be honest with you. So please hit the five stars for us so they make sure that those algorithms are pushing in our favor and that people can find the podcast and make sure and subscribe. Also, please, if you do anything, just please get the phone app, get the owl once was lost missing phone app on iOS or on Android. God forbid the worst happens. Someone in your family goes missing. You can upload that information immediately 
and people within your area. We start within a 40 yard, 40, I'm sorry, 40 mile radius. And we're able to search within that first crucial hour. And that's going to end it. Thank you guys. And we'll talk to you next week.